An album a day is my exploration into the Korean music scene. This podcast will cover mainstream, indie, and some underground artists within the scene and provide both factual and opinionated commentary. The biggest benefit to sharing my thoughts this way is that it will hopefully expose you to more great music and exploration of your own. You might hear a little bit of the the wind blowing outside. Seems to be a, a early morning, late evening storm brewing. One thing that I can certainly say from listening to the second album in Four Minutes Discography is that it was a absolute moment for producer Shin Sedong Tiger to shine. But what about the album itself? What about the members of Four Minute? Hmm. <laughs> we'll get into that after the drop. You're tuned into an album a day. Show start. Four Minute came out heavy hitting. Their first album for music was stellar. It was cohesive. So everyone was excited to hear whatever was going to be the next thing, of course. Well, Cube Entertainment made everybody wait nine months. That's a good chunk of time. And when you're thinking about it, Compared to like a major pop group now, such as like Blackpink, where you are waiting, you know, two to four decades before you hear anything, I can only imagine how waiting for so many months really had an impact on the members or the experience in terms of developing the album, the whole nine yards. So on May 19th, 2010, they dropped Huh, H U H which is just their own little abbreviation for the full name of the album, which is called Hit Your Heart. It is an EP. It's a little over 23 minutes. It was on Cube label as well as Universal Music. And it falls into the K-pop, electro-pop, dance-pop vibe. So promotions for the mini album uh, had two singles. The actual title, Huh?, and then I, my, me, mine. Now, a lot of us, especially myself, because like I said in yesterday's episode, I was familiar with Huna before I was familiar with the whole group. But I do remember this video. <laughs> I remember that the video for her starts with the introduction to Who's Next. And Who's Next features their label mates at the time, Beast. And Beast isn't even a group anymore. Um, but it, it featured their label mates introducing for a minute and they were like in this desert and it was a lot going on it was like a dark background and they were strutting and whatnot it was just it was a lot but it was it was a dance track and the choreography was lively and fitted perfectly um the song huh it debuted at number five on South Korean Gaon charts and then it reached number three for two weeks the album as a whole maxed out at number three on the Korean charts. It charted in Japan at number 205. Now, I don't I don't necessarily know if that's an achievement or not because we don't keep up with Japanese, um, Japanese charts. So we don't know if that's even Stevens in a good way because there might be a top 500 or something of the sort. But nonetheless, the album before that wasn't on no Japanese charts. So I consider this an accomplishment. It was also done in Taiwan. Uh, it hit number 19. And then Taiwan East Asian charts, it was number five. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why is it? This is the second time talking about them that I get choked up. Do I feel flirty with y'all when, <laughs> when I talk about four minutes? <clears throat> At the time of this recording, these sales in terms of units is 
over 40,000. They had 40,272 units sold at the time of this recording that's on record. Obviously, these are going to change. I am legit. I'm legit choking up. Let me drink some water. Hold on, (laughs) y'all. Okay. Is it because I'm recording at three something in the morning again? This is the time that works for me. Okay. You just gonna have to deal with it, body. We know I'm a night owl. This is when the audio in the house is the best. Like, I just, just... (sighs) Anywho, back to it. So, (laughs) the album is over 23 minutes, as I stated, and there's seven tracks on it. You have Who's Next, which is the introduction, Huh, Invitation, I, My, Me, Mine, Ba, 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 Highlight, and then Cool and Natural. So, you got what you're anticipating to be really lively. Shinshadong Tiger is holding down the fort again. And just to give you a little bit of understanding of Lee Ho Young, uh, he debuted in 2001 as a music producer and songwriter. And by the time 2010 came around, he was named the new generation producer at the 18th Korean Culture Entertainment Awards. That's pretty darn big. Some people might not be familiar with him in terms of what he does behind the scenes, but we most certainly have heard of one of his groups. He started a label called AB Entertainment later in his career, and the debut girl group on that label was EXID. Now, you might have been like, wait a minute, I thought their name was Exit. I did too. (laughs) I did too, but it's EXID, and they had their moment in the sun with a song called Up Down. We're not at the ease yet. It's a high probability that we might actually make it to their discography in 2020. Just, I think we'll be able to get to A, B, C, D, E. I think. I don't know, but he's responsible for them. And he gets some some controversy from time to time. A lot of people like to drag him and say, you know, all you do is just hop on trends and popular music. And yeah, he does. I mean, <laughs> he does. You can call it a criticism if you want, or you can call it good observation skills. This man knows how to produce an idle sound. He knows how to make the commercial music sound. He's also associated with uh, the Modern K Music Academy University which I had never heard of until I started researching him. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and I mean, it's genuinely cool. Like Solar from Mama Moo came out of there and things of that sort. So I'm going to dig a little bit more into that. That sounds very interesting to me. I don't know if it's actually a formal university or if it's just an academy or a conservatory, depending upon what terminology you want to use. But I want to know. Sounds interesting. It sounds interesting. He even auditioned for JYP Entertainment, but they was like, nah. Which, listening to his sound, especially on this album, I could see why they would say nah. That's not a jab saying that he does anything bad, not in the least bit. It's just in 2010, what he was producing did not sound like what they were producing. So it just wasn't on the same trajectory. However, comma, whose lane was it slowly uh, pop-locking into? YG Entertainment 21. (laughs) And I was listening to this album and I'm like, man, you know, her <clears throat> sounds like it could fall right into I'm so bad, bad, I'm so good, good. It sounds like it could be in the same vein 
why did that have such a, a transcendent sound for me? Why was that such a clincher for me? It could not have just been the visuals. It absolutely could not have been. Well, I gave it a lot of thought. I was listening to Who's Next. I like the way it comes on. It has live instrumentation, huh? has uh, some aspects of live instrumentation. Invitation caught me off guard the way that it comes on. I really enjoyed it. And by the time I made it to the fourth track, because those were three that I mentioned, I started to realize that there's a lot of production going on and the, the music is very loud. It's, it's really loud but it's lacking an, an actual baseline. It's lacking body. And when you're looking at some of the vocabulary, some of the jargon that music producers use, um, when we refer to body, we're talking about just the richest tone possible. And that usually is accomplished around 800 megahertz to uh, one kilohertz. And it, it gives you that, it just gives you a sense of, of warmth. Um, it, it, it didn't have it. The album just doesn't consecutively have it. On top of that, it doesn't have a cohesive direction. You go from feeling like you about to be in the club or you in the bathroom getting ready to go out with your friends or, well, not the bathroom per se, but just work with me. <laughs> you at home getting ready to get dressed to go out with your friends and strut around and be cute. Then it sounds like you on a spaceship being futuristic and then you want to take me to the very last song and like give me a R&B vibe with it just what <laughs> it's it's going in a lot of directions so there's some dynamic moments and when i say that i'm talking about volume fluctuations it's mixed and mastered well indubitably it really is because it's never a thing where you feel like there's an aggressive increase on volume however your ears register it as such and that's just a lot to to take in if there would have been a genuine baseline if there would have been some warmth and some body to this if it wasn't so harsh on the ears in some aspects then it really could have contended even harder with what 21 was doing around the same doggone time as them. The vocals, they're still, well, yeah, yeah, they were still rookies at this point. They were a month shy. So vocal strength improves as you go with every single group, or at least it, it appears as such with every single group that you listen to. Um, there were some moments where the vocals were more youthful, more uncertain than I would enjoy on cool and natural, the background vocals. No, it's not cool. And yeah, it's either cool and natural or it was highlight. I apologize for not being certain, but what I am certain of is that the background vocals, the ad libs and whatnot were drowned out by the production. It was just too much going on. So Shin Shadong Tiger took on tracks one, two, and three, and portions of uh, track four. There was also another producer involved with track three, a former member of Beast, who we're not going to speak about right now um, for the sake that, A, it ain't about Beast, and it's bad enough. I'm already talking about 21 on four-minute stuff, but it's for comparative purposes. And then, B, he got himself in some crap. We'll get to that when we get to that. <clears throat> But the last few tracks, five, six, and seven, were done by a duo named Kang Jiwan and Kim Ki-bum. 
Kibum and Jiwon don't have the same finesse as the first portion of the album. And that might have been a strategic choice. They might have been like, let's go ahead and get these singles solidly done with who we know is going to get us a smash. We trying to chart. We trying to win. So let's do what needs to be done. There's a strategy involved in all of this. And then they said, let's be experimental with the, the remaining songs on the album. Okay, that can be nice sometimes. <laughs> it can it can be nice, but you you want it to maintain a sense of cohesiveness. You really do. With all of that being said, I'm choking again. <clears throat> With all of that being said, I'm gonna have to put cough drops on standby when I record early in the morning because my throat will only give you two minutes of dialogue. With that all being said. I do not want it to come off as if this was a crappy album. No, it's not crappy. Could it have been better? Yes, if it had an organized direction, if the actual music production had a genuine bass line or some body or some warmth to it, it, it needed to it needed something to stabilize it. It was too hollow. It was it was too hollow. It goes, it's It's perfect for being in a club when you're in some spaces where it's massive speakers and you have the the droning sounds of humanity involved. But on its own, these weren't the strongest legs to stand on. With that being said, K-pop fans on a scale of one to five, with five being essential listening and one not worth mentioning, the A3 Day rating on this is a four. It's not a bad album, but it could sound better. It's not dated it's just all over the place. So from what I was seeing on um, YouTube and things of that sort, a lot of people really, really enjoyed this album quite a bit. It's one of their personal faves and hats off to them for music blew my socks off. I was really pleased with that. I genuinely was. I'm interested to see what it is that they accomplished with the next album that comes up. I'm very eager for that. Eagle? Eagle? Is that what I was saying? I'm eager for that. (laughs) So we'll see what goes on with that in the next episode. And I'll catch you in that very, very soon. Bye, y'all. Your favorite foreign Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z. There are sponsored ads and social media hashtags, but this show is truly supported by the efforts of my McGuala's, the most amazing fan base a little entertainer could ever have. Special shout out to my Patreon patrons, the student body and the scholars who keep my vision of becoming your favorite Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z a real thing. If you're interested in supporting the growth of this podcast and supporting content, please visit patreon.com slash multifacetedacg. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get in on the magic too. Interested in continuing your support at the free 99 price? I love you for it. You can still engage with the show when you retweet, repost, and share the show and use hashtag A, the number three, and the word D-A-Y. You can also tag M-U-L-T-I-F-A-C-E-T-E-D-A-C-G to get my attention. And if you're listening to this podcast on a platform other than Anchor.fm, please leave a few stars or review to keep things growing in the right direction.